Hello everyone, I am Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. Today, we talked with Descalada, a country folk artist based in North Carolina. A jack of all trades and a fan of functional carpentry, he's been able to workshop his vehicles and make himself a nice place to live inside a refurbished bus. His musical journey started at a young age with piano, bassoon, and a more classical guitar. Since moving to Asheville, he has dove into the music scene, meeting many talented musicians and songwriters, and developed a new outlook on his own musical career. He recently released his debut album, Big Damn Foolishness, and we can expect to hear some new music in the upcoming year. Without further ado, to Graceland by Descalada. I 
neon lights are spelling out my name. Cola Nelson, also known as Descalada, thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah, thanks for putting me on. I think the first thing that we wanted to ask a little bit about was carpentry. And you said, like, admittedly, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> amateur carpentry, but yeah, yeah. Um, that's what a hobby is, is it not? So uh, sure. tell us a little bit about that and how you got interested in it. Sure, yeah. I mean, so, like, I, you know, I've done jobs in kind of the trades in general. Like, I've had several jobs where I was, like, last summer I was a maintenance director for, like, a summer camp, and my dad had a handyman business for a long time. I did a, my own handyman business for a while. And so kind of like, it's more like, like we've done a lot of structural stuff. Like I live on um, some acreage out in Western North Carolina with my, like my parents and my older brother live there. Me and my wife also live there and we're all building like our own houses and stuff. So like there's a, yeah, I mean doing a lot of structural stuff and then I kind of like build all of our own furniture and stuff like that. And it's like pretty straightforward stuff. It's not, you know, beautiful, but it's real functional. So, (laughs) but See, when I hear amateur carpentry, I think maybe like birdhouses, things like yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> not like literal people houses. So that yeah, wasn't yeah, what yeah. I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that stuff is more with uh, uh, the supervision of my father. He's actually a very good uh, a tradesman um, and has been for a long time. With with the other stuff, though, like, you know, we, my wife and I live on like a converted school bus. And so, like, I built the bed frame for that, and I built, like, a day bed in there and, like, you know, stuff like that. All, all real functional stuff. I don't tend to build uh, uh, stuff just for fun. <laughs> but. So you don't currently build stuff for fun, but would you consider it? Like, is that something that you'd want to do? Like, build some just funky little guys, maybe? Uh, potentially like more, yeah, I don't know. Everything for me, I think like has to serve some function for me to give it my, my time. But, uh, so like, I don't know, I'm looking into like building like a guitar cabinet here soon with one of my buddies and stuff, stuff like that. Like I I definitely want to get more into that. Yes. Still functional and, you know, has a little outcome. Yeah, exactly. Um, do you have any projects in the works right now that you're currently building or your next plan to build? Yeah, I mean, there's always there's always something on our property, <laughs> sort of thing. We uh, just finished out. Well, not quite finished, but we started putting the finish touching to finishing touches on a, a like kind of a twelve by sixteen standalone room that my my older brother's living in. Till we start building uh, his house house, and then we're gonna start in the spring building something for my parents to live in Seminole. Because right right now they've been living in like a 24 by 36 like still garage for like two years (laughs) like you know uh, concrete floors and everything and so we're gonna do that um just built a day bed um yeah stuff like that it's mostly like everything we're living in is kind of a work in progress so we're always you know adding something doing something like that I think my wife would like the countertop soon so (laughs) countertop is probably in the works So you said you're you're uh like living in like a repurposed uh bus basically, right? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so interested in that because I've I've seen that, but like did you do you keep the motor in it? Is it like fuck yeah. it, oh, let's yeah, move yeah. around and like have some fun yeah. with that or Yeah, so or? we we haven't taken it on the road yet. We've only had it 
I don't know, six months or something like that. Um, we haven't taken on any trips. It'll be like primarily stationary on the property. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it runs great. It's a 1990 GMC Bluebird and it's like an old Detroit diesel engine that is just like built to run forever. It's only got like 80,000 miles and they're not really ever known to die on account of mileage. Like, you know, you'll find them with like upwards of 500 and 600,000 miles on them sort of thing. Um, this thing is like an absolute hog, like turns on every time it runs. I mean, it won't like it. I drove it from Lynchburg, Virginia, which is like an, in a car, probably a four and a half or five hour drive to where we are. Um, it was probably eight hours in the bus because it tops out at like 45 miles an hour going downhill. Um, but it, I mean, it runs like a beast, like that thing. It's so strong. It's great. Slow and steady, slow and steady. Oh, very, <laughs> very, very, very. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a it was an interesting drive home. At one point, it just started like downpouring rain on us. My wife was falling behind me in our car, and in, like I think I had to drop down to, like twenty five miles an hour, and then eventually this like highway safety sort of truck like came up from behind us and like gave us kind of an escort with like flashing lights because we were going so <laughs> oh, slow on the highway God. and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. We also got all the way out there to Lynchburg, and the guy was that we were buying it from was kind of a friend of a friend. Got all the way out there, and there were, like, a, a few issues. Like, he was replacing some belts, and he, like, wasn't there when we got there, but he was, like, trying to be cool about it. He was, he was great, but he also then, like, finally gets the belts on and, and goes and presses the brake, and it just starts spewing like out by one of the back brakes one of the hard lines had broken so he's like no worries no worries like i can go get a hard line i'll fix it and he did fix it 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 ran great but then like we get in it finally and stuff and he's like oh yeah do you do you drive stick and i was like oh jesus kind of (laughs) i guess i have to yeah i have driven stick but like i'm about to be sort of thing and and uh yeah it had to drive yeah the first school bus i've ever driven drove <laughs> stick <laughs> so that was oh that was an God. interesting kind of a harrowing ride but it was good oh man that is that's fantastic honestly yeah, it was it was a trip <laughs> you're not going to get highway escorts in anything but a school bus right right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it seems that um that's uh, an interest of yours as well is kind of like vehicles. Cause you told us motorcycles was mm-hmm. something that you're interested yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely like a, uh, a family passion a bit. That's been like passed down. Um, like I've been riding motorcycles for, I don't know, six or seven or eight years or something like that. Um, and then it kind of like my dad had a bike when I was really, really young and then like sold it because, you know, I don't know, he was being a dad <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but because of, like we always loved bikes, I got a bike. My little brother ended up getting a bike. The whole family, my mom had a motorcycle for a while. Then we like rode a lot together. Um, and then, yeah, we've got like a 75 uh, Corvette project as well on the property right now. Yeah, it, it's uh, casual. Like I'm not a super big, like I'm not a great home mechanic or anything like that um but love to drive them love to ride them <laughs> sounds like you're a jack of all trades you're doing a little bit of everything yeah that that would not be a bad way to describe me i kind of <laughs> throw myself in into things a lot that i don't know how to do and figure it out as i go so <laughs> that's the best way to learn i think yeah, it's the only way i can so yeah <laughs> yeah i've never been much of a traditional learner so <laughs> 
So speaking of jumping into things and learning, um, how did you learn to do music? Yeah, uh, well, still do, still, still doing that. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I uh, kind of started out pretty young in like more formal circles of music education, just in that my older brother played piano. And so my mom like got me in piano lessons when I was, you know, four or five or something like that. Um, and then I don't know, didn't quite stick. I wasn't like particularly interested in it at the time. Um, and then I tried several, like I was like, well, oh, well, quick piano lessons. If you know, I'll take guitar lessons, if you let me take those. So I started doing that, but then we were like taking it from taking lessons from the neighbor across the street. And he was teaching me like classical guitar and like reading sheet music. And I just wasn't into that either. Quit that. Then got into like, you know, middle school band sort of stuff. Like my older brother um, played clarinet. And so the band director was his band director as well. And I was like, all right, you're playing clarinet. And then so on and so forth. You're playing bassoon because your brother plays bassoon. We want a bassoon in the middle school band. And that was also, I was okay at it but I've, I've never been very good at like formal learning in really anything music, but like anything, I'm, I'm not, not a good school person at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of had all that, but then I don't know when I was maybe 12, 13, 14, I like picked up the old guitar again and started teaching myself and then it just caught on. And it's just like all I wanted to do. Um, played in bands throughout high school, um, wrote music, did all the, like started writing music when I was like 15 um and yeah it's it's pretty much self-taught like um al almost everything I do is, is self-taught <laughs> um yeah not not good at not good at classes or, or learning or anything like that so you never uh never uh picked up the old bassoon again and self-taught yourself <laughs> that one I, yeah no no I haven't touched a fucking bassoon and I don't know whatever <laughs> whenever I was in the eighth grade it was the last time I touched one of those so yeah. So what kind of music were you playing in high school when you started? Were you kind of just doing chords or were you starting to learn songs first and then transferred into like the band you were playing in? Yeah, no, I mean, so kind of there were a couple of things like I got really interested in writing pretty quick and that like I've always been bad at learning other people's songs. Um, like I mostly play my own music, like when, you know, I'm sitting around with a guitar and someone's like, play a song. I'm like, oh, shit, like. I can play my songs. <laughs> yeah, I know those for sure. And I, I'm getting better now. Um, I, I know a lot more songs than I used to just because of the musicians I hang out with now and stuff. We kind of sit around and, and pick and trade songs a lot. Um, but yeah, it was like, I was doing kind of a couple of things. So I was playing in like a like hardcore band in high school and I didn't write for that. I just played bass and you know performed. But that's what I was kind of doing every weekend what I was really focusing on. And then I was writing kind of like, I don't know, indie folk sort of stuff as well. Just, you know, me and an acoustic guitar. And I'd like open up like hardcore shows sometimes, you know, playing, you know, acoustic, pretty little acoustic, like indie folk songs, um, which was fairly common in in that uh, area in our little music scene. A lot of times you'd have some acoustic player start and then it'd be like a thrash metal band right after them. Um, but that's kind of like, I was doing both like the whole time. Um, and then started focusing more on songwriting kind of after high school when I stopped playing with, you know, that band and whatnot. So when you started to focus more on songwriting, was there anything in particular that you were writing about or was it just kind of like, I'm going to throw some thoughts on a paper and we'll see <laughs> what happens? 
Yeah, no, it was pretty much all about girls. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I, I didn't figure out how to write anything other other than like breakup songs till I was, you know, in my 20s. But, um, and still, a lot of songs were about that up until the last, you know, four or five years. <laughs> so. so it was at the age of around, you know, 15 that you decided you wanted to pursue music, you know, full time? Yeah, well, I mean, I always, man, I always wanted to. That was kind of like from the beginning. It was like, you know, watching bands and stuff were like just what I idolized. And I was like, that was, you know, if there was a way to figure that out, that's all I really wanted to do. But like where I'm from in Indiana, like I had never met a professional musician like at all, like never. Um, it just wasn't really a thing. Like Indiana does not have a strong music scene unfortunately you'll get like a one-off band here and there that you know is able to make it out and, and do it but like there's not even that many places to play and like there's not a good system where you know out here in North Carolina like you know you can play breweries and you can make a living playing breweries pretty much full-time um, and there's like a system in place that like most places know they have to pay you to perform there and in, in Indiana that's not a thing like you you know can go play a bar set or you can We'd pack out sometimes in the, the band I was in in high school. We'd have like 300 kids show up on a weekend. Like good, what would be a successful show would be, you know, a successful show for me now. Um, and, you know, we wouldn't see a dime. Like, <laughs> like we wouldn't see an, a dime come through. And we didn't think anything of it either. Because it was like no one was getting paid. Um, so I always thought it was just like something you do as long as you can until you can't. And you got to get a real job sort of thing. And I, and I did, you know, go that way for a while. And then I moved out to North Carolina and I started moving people who are actually doing it and they're like no you can like you don't have to be you know Led Zeppelin or whatever to to, to play music <laughs> to full-time when you don't there are ways to to go around it and like it, there is an infrastructure out here and like an actual real appreciation for musicians kind of in the general culture um and yeah kind of reoriented reoriented myself uh, towards music really once I moved out here so since uh since moving there, do you have like a particular place that you like to play, or is it just kind of you're on like a nice little circulation? You know all the people that kind of. Yeah, I'm still kind of building some of that, but um, yeah, I mean there's there's like no shortage because I'm I'm right outside of like Asheville, North Carolina, and there is no shortage of excellent places to play. Um, got a show coming up here in a couple of weeks at a place called American Vinyl Company that they're a cool spot and that they uh, cut like lathe cut like vinyl records there. Um, they moved my, my, my wife bartends for them over there and she's actually worked for them for a couple of years. But they've got like a really cool kind of roots music scene that's kind of revolving around that spot a little bit now. And uh, doing a show over there and it's just yeah, it's a cool vibe. It's like an old kind of industrial sort of building um they put a stage in and whatnot and there's just been really really great music coming through there um yeah there and like there's there's some really classic spots in Nashville too there's a club called the Gray Eagle um that like especially smaller artists and like local artists can play d during the warm weather they have like a patio outside that's probably like a you know 100 cap sort of space and it's like super perfect for um like smaller artists and whatnot and i really like playing over there um but yeah i don't know i mean any stage in which uh you know people are cool and willing to listen 
Um, I write, you know, a lot of slower, uh, more melancholy tunes and stuff. So like bars and breweries can be kind of tough. Um, anywhere that, you know, people aren't really actively listening is kind of tough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's, there's cool. There's a, an event that's popped up in town too called Open Folk. And this guy, Zach Squares, basically gets out like six songwriters. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, you in front of a condenser mic on a stage. And he's getting like good crowds every single Wednesday. It's a free event. And you play like three original tunes sort of thing. And every, every single artist plays like three original tunes. And there's like a hundred people in there and it's like dead silent. Like you, like no one will even like stand up and like walk around during the show because like the footsteps are too loud. Like you feel like you're being watched when you do that sort of thing. And so that's a really nice event to play. Um, and I've met like a lot of really fucking phenomenal songwriters through it as well. So speaking of original music, you just uh, in September put out your debut album, Big yeah. Damn Foolishness. So tell us all about that and the writing process behind that album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, writing process, and this has been a writing process for me a lot. Like, I find that I write in the car a lot um, while I'm driving. And I've had several driving jobs. Like last year, when I was finishing up those tunes, I was working for, like day job wise, I was working for a company that we, I basically drove around in like a cab over truck and delivered like five gallon water, you know, to businesses and stuff. And so I do like, you know, 10 to 12 hour days out in the truck just by myself, like driving all around. And so I had a lot of time to myself and I'd write in the car a lot. I'd usually get, you know, a melody and lyrics kind of fleshed out there. And then I'd come home and, 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 you know, grab the guitar and put it to music a little bit. Um, and like a lot of those tunes, um, were written there in, in the cab over. Um, and then me and uh, my buddy, Ryan Stigman, who played, I mean, everything on that record, he played pedal steel. He did some flat picking he played bass on a lot of the tracks. He like performed the three-part harmonies and like wrote three-part harmonies. I mean, kind of worked as like a co-producer with my engineer, uh, Garrett Lange Bartles. Um, basically we kind of labbed some of that out together and a lot of that like kind of came together um, structure-wise and like what, you know, instrumentation was going to be used like in the studio there with him. And it was great because like having a like professional level multi-instrumentalist <laughs> as one of your like really, really close friends is a very nice tool to have because, um, you know, we can try, you can try just anything you want. Like, all right, do I want some, you know, scrub style banjo on this one he's like cool well i'm great at that <laughs> like okay you want i want some you know pedal steel wonderful i'm great at that as well so <laughs> it's nice you can try a lot of stuff but can you try the bassoon i can't but i could probably <laughs> talk to my older brother and i think nathan nathan could probably still get some bassoon out of him <laughs> he's he, he st stuck with it a lot longer than i did <laughs> so in that early stages of writing the album and you said you know writing it kind of in the truck when you had that time alone was it like you were humming melodies into your like voice notes or oh, yeah you, yeah oh yeah oh yeah there's <laughs> hundreds and hundreds in this whole thing here and yeah a lot of them are garbage but some of them turn into tunes so yeah so what was yeah. that process like kind of going through and listening to them and being like oh this one I'm gonna pass and this one's turning into turning into a song yeah yeah I don't know exactly like 
I don't know. So they'll just, the ones that like stuck with me usually, like there are some that will just like, I'll get a tune going and I'll just get really excited about it. It's just like, it's stuck. And I realize, okay, there's something, something there that like is interesting to me musically and whatnot that is worth like pursuing. And sometimes I'll even get, you know, a good chunk of a way into a song and be like, ah, I'm not feeling it anymore. Or even like, I just was listening through voice memos from a couple years ago, like two nights ago, just to get some song starts and found a couple like almost fully written tunes that I'm like, I don't know why I abandoned that one. I actually really liked that and kind of was able to pull that back out. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it's a feeling thing. Like, and, and some of it was like, there were, you know, a few extra tunes that I liked but weren't quite finished and maybe like were too similar to another tune that I really wanted to go forward with on the album. So like, uh, you know, end up pursuing, you know, another tune that was maybe a little, had a little more variation than some of the other tracks. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's all just kind of intuition stuff, I think with, with songwriting for me in general. Uh, one of the other things uh, about this album is told us earlier that it took a while to stop writing about breakups and girls Mm -hmm, and like this album has some fairly heavy subject matter uh so how did you kind of go about uh writing that as opposed to some of that older stuff like what's the difference in writing and like feeling while you're doing it yeah um man um yeah some of the the heavier stuff is interesting because like I don't know. I always write from at least somewhat of a personal place. Like I have to have an emotional connection to at least like sometimes I'm writing about a character or something like that, but I have to have like at least a seed of uh, understanding of that character or something that I've experienced that like kind of relates to it um, to be able to go from there. Um, Some of them like heavier, like more directly personal things that I was writing about. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That was tough. Like I've had a hard time writing about stuff like that for a long time. And still only, you know, got out of, like a few tunes about, you know, some like big life experiences. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, those those ones came really slow, though. Like it was more like I had a line that I, I felt good about and stuff. But like, I think I was really cautious about editing those a lot and like making sure that what I was saying was what I wanted to be saying. Because, you know, when you come with like into like, I don't know, like, you know, pretty tough feelings in yourself and stuff like it's, it feels pretty precious. And like, the last thing you want to do is like miscommunicate or say something, I mean, corny about it, like is, is like a terrifying feeling. Like last thing you want to do is like kind of make light of your own uh, pain. (laughs) And so, yeah, I think it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a little hard to remember exactly how some of those tunes came to be because some of them just kind of like it was just like chipping away here and there for so long that it's like I don't remember when I made that specific decision or anything like that. It just kind of happened at one point. So writing about these more vulnerable topics, what what was it like having people hear that from you for the first time? Yeah. Um, in the studio it was really really positive um so i was lucky to have i'm lucky in general to have just like some of the best musicians in the world as like close friends of mine like i i mean truly like people who blow me away that i I don't understand like where their mind works in it because like they're just yeah so above and beyond like incredible musicians 
Um, and I was able to have like pretty much only people involved with that record that I have like a close, close friendship with. Like some of my very, very best friends, like Garrett Lange Bartles, who engineered it and who I recorded in his studio, has been one of my like best friends for you know over a decade now. And you know, Ryan Stigman, um, we've only known each other, you know, like three years or so, but like very, very close friend of mine. We see each other multiple days a week, sort of thing. Um you know, people I feel like almost like familial connection with. And so like with those people, it was really positive because they, you know, knew the source of the songs. Like when I write about something, like they pretty much know like where I'm coming from in it, like, because they, you know, know me, they've been, you know, with me through a lot of the stuff. And so for them, like to be able to say, like, I think you communicated that well, or that's like, a, you know, a really beautiful way of you, for you to communicate. Like, that was super positive. Um, now showing it to other people showing it to my parents showing it to really i don't know the record when someone else can go take the record and listen to it on their own like you know whatever that's great a lot of people have like contacted me and been like hey i heard you you know that song you wrote about this and like um you know impact me in this way like and and that's nice live though sometimes there's there's a couple tunes like like sometimes i'm a little reticent to play like the title track big damn foolishment foolishness live just because it's like this is a really personal tune and like it would actually hurt my feelings if you guys weren't listening right now sort of thing or if you guys were you know if people were spilling beers and shit around like it, it's just like a little too sensitive for that um yeah I don't know I don't know but it, it's it's weird like it, it is kind of weird but it can be really nice like I think it has um connected with a lot of people like in, in a you know genuine way which is nice i think one thing we wanted to touch on a little bit was some of the inspiration for your writing either other musicians or uh like you told us like you need that personal connection to those stories and stuff so yeah like tell us a little bit about like some of maybe like the musical influences that you got yeah musical influences are are there's a lot of them. Um, I listen to, I mean, lately it's been like a lot of like friends, like people involved in the local kind of songwriting scene are, are heavily influential. Um, there's kind of a cool scene kind of popping up here in town. And I'm just like every couple of days, just meeting phenomenal songwriters that just like blow me away. And like are now, you know, friends of mine, like they're, they're homies and whatnot and they're as good as really anyone. Um, but past that like classic country artists like I listen to a lot of Willie Nelson um Ernest Tubb George Jones and stuff like that um are big for me John Prine has always been a huge uh huge I don't know that his like writing style um has has quite crept into my uh songwriting but that's just because like you can't really fucking do John Prine like unless you're John Prine he's just too singular to anything but like I'm always in awe of of John Prine's writing um yeah and then like some other like uh you know more contemporary and stuff people in the roots and Americana scene um you know mandolin orange now I guess watch house are definitely like they I think sonically are are probably played the biggest it's funny they're not like 
they're not my favorite artists of all time or anything like that, but they definitely like influenced just the way that the record sounded like probably more than any other um, artist uh, right now. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot like there's. Yeah, there's just too many good songwriters to name. There's so many. Um, but. Yeah, and then like, you know, even lyrically, like there's other things like Wendell Berry is a, a, a writer, writer, he writes novels and stuff. And he probably, he has like a lot of influence on like how at least try to write lyrics and whatnot. He's a just absolute, I mean, he's a poet, but he, I, I don't really mess with too much poetry, but like his novels though are like very, very poetic and like all of his prose is just feels like every line is just like so intentional and beautiful. Um, and I'm sure I probably full on like ripped a few of his lines. I couldn't name them specifically, but I just know that I had to have because I was constantly going back to um, some of his novels when I was looking for writing inspiration. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's all over. I mean, there's you know the musical side, the the lyric side, and then just like your day to day life side, like you know writing about. I'm you know always taking stuff. I'm very close to my family. And so like stuff about family uh, enters into it all like constantly. Um, you know, I come from the Midwest, a lot of work and folk, um, definitely a blue collar uh, lineage for me and stuff. And so like that sort of stuff makes it in a lot. Um, Cause that's just kind of, you know, the way I grew up, the stuff that I, that m the Midwestern people uh, grew up, you know, valuing around me and whatnot. Um, and so that, that, that's crept in like, quite a quite a bit and you know still songs about girls <laughs> mostly one girl now my wife but um, <laughs> but even more some like abstract things about abstract non you know girls who don't actually exist sort of thing but <laughs> so what's it like being able to collaborate with all of these you know awesome songwriters that you're meeting um and having that opportunity to kind of work and you know bounce ideas off each other Oh, it's incredible. I mean, that's like my, like all, all the time, like coming home and my, my wife's name is Izzy and I'll just like, you know, run to the room and be like, I met this person today and they're incredible and like the nicest fucking person I've ever met. And we're going to like sit down and, you know, work through some tunes together or something like that. It's, it's just been incredible. I mean, it's even by like, even just like in the hangs, like, you know, like there's like a group of, you know, probably like 20 of us now who are like routinely kind of hanging out. I'm like, often you know there are guitars around and stuff but sometimes it's just like you know smoking weed and hanging out and drinking beers out on the porch sort of thing and that's even even just like being around constantly around other musicians and like going to their shows and doing all that like you just absorb so much through just osmosis of being around them like makes you a better songwriter as well and it, it's just been incredible I mean I feel like I've entered some renaissance of my life and that I'm like really meeting all these people now um it, yeah, it's it's truly incredible. Like I'm finally, you know, I've been in Asheville area for like four years now. And I think just in the last year, you know, I've started to like, you know, I can't go out in town now without running into like another songwriter or musician that I know. And it's awesome. I mean, it truly like, I have to force myself to like leave town and like go back home and like get to bed at like a normal time. Um, Cause I just constantly want to just be hanging out in town and like, you know, hanging out with other songwriters and and musicians because even aside from the songwriters like the musicianship level is insane um especially in like roots music like bluegrass and country musicians they're just like 
you know, the best pedal steel player that you ever met, the best fiddle player you've ever met. Um, it's yeah, I don't know. It's cool. Like there's something kind of just, there's something brewing out here. Like now, like, I feel like a scene is really popping up, which is, is super cool. Super, super cool to be a part of. So with that, uh, you, you, obviously are one of those songwriters and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about you. Um, you've, you've told us you're still writing stuff. You're still working on things. Um, what's, what's next for you? We got that debut album. Um, can we expect some more music soon? Maybe some with some of these other people involved? Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, have just finally, you know, gotten through the, uh, the slog of you know releasing a record and like have finally like shaken enough of the dust off to start thinking about um some more tunes i finally started kind of writing again i took a several month break on writing after after that first one um and i'm finally putting some more tunes together finishing some stuff out that i think i'd like to record um i'm thinking probably spring of next year it looks like we'll probably start uh the recording process for at least it may be a full record it may just be an ep and then maybe a second ep after that um it's not fully fleshed out ideas wise but it's probably going to be a little more a little more like honky tonk a little more country than the first one a little fun like i i've been playing this event called western wednesdays that a lot of like really just like barn burning country bands play like real kind of I mean, just real fun music to listen to and stuff. And, you know, trying to open those shows up, playing, you know, kind of sad boy country music. Uh, it, it works to an extent, but I'd really like to play some fun music that people, you know, want to dance to and whatnot. So uh, I've been working on some tunes more in that vein. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll probably record. We, we recorded the last record up in Indianapolis. I, I would like to try and get... Um, Garrett, my engineer, uh, to, you know, maybe pack up some of his gear and, and, and come down here to North Carolina um, for the next one. Um, my Ryan Stigman, who I mentioned, he's moving out to this cabin uh, in Waynesville, North Carolina uh, at the beginning of the year. And I think we might try and do a record out, out of the cabin, maybe take a whole week or something like that and kick his girlfriend <laughs> out and, you know, make a record over there. So uh it, it yeah it's just like uh, up in indiana i know a lot of great musicians um i lived there most of my life um but down here you just can't i mean we've got you know access to all of the great musicians of Asheville, and then also within a few hours all the you know legendary uh session musicians of, of nashville um yeah you just can't get better <laughs> in, in, in the roots music uh, field you really can't get better musicians than out in this area so yeah, we'll we'll definitely have something something out, hopefully mid to maybe maybe fall fall next year at the latest. Definitely something to look forward to. Um, with that, Sydney, do you have any other questions? So, where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? Yeah, so pretty much any streaming service, um, you can find me. Uh, just under Des Colada. I got to spell it out usually, but it's D-E-S-C-O-L-A-D-A. -A. Um, uh, and then on Instagram, um, Des Colada underscore music. Um, and there, you know, I post somewhat often. I'm not great at social media, but I'm making a concerted effort to uh, connect with people a little more. 
Um, and I put, you know, music, cool stuff up there, shows, other things like that. Um, and really kind of whatever's going on in, in my day to day. Um, so those are, those are definitely the best spots to, uh, to hit me up on. Once again, Colton Nelson, Descalada, thank you so much for being on with us. This was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thanks, Alex and Sydney. I appreciate you putting me on.